Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first, I guess we'll call it a crossover episode between the Empire State Conservatives podcast and the Red Liberty Media podcast. I am your host, Evan, here with a very special guest, Lilith Venetian. Hopefully I didn't mess that up too bad. Um, who's going to talk to us today about her fight against critical race theory. But before we get started, just a reminder, guys, to visit our website at EmpireStateConservatives.com. And make sure you also visit redlibertymedia.com. Please support us in any way that you can, whether it's by buying merch, donating, or just spreading the word. So, Lilith, I want to give you a minute to kind of explain to the folks at home what, what was going on in your school district that you felt you really need to stand up and really be vocal about coming out against critical race theory, because this is something that we've seen spreading throughout the public school system. And as abhorrent as it is, there seem to not be many people who are willing to be vocal against it. Mm -hmm. I was saying that the school system was not focusing on giving our kids a well-rounded education, especially during shutdowns where the kids are literally learning through a screen from home. Um, instead, our school districts and um, administration and teachers were focusing on teaching the kids how to be divided, how to hate this country, how to hate law enforcement, how to hate each other for their skin color um, and things like that. And, and I was like, our, our high schoolers are graduating not knowing how to read. What are we doing here? I mean, yeah, it's, it's really bad because the point of education is to create thinkers, is to create functioning members of society. It's not to indoctrinate people on, first of all, critical race theory is just completely ass backwards and absolutely just not it's not based in any type of reality it's what they like to call reverse racism which is just racism it's teaching yes. people to hate and teaching people to focus on skin color which really should be the opposite of what we're teaching kids and that should be to accept people for who they are you know treat people how they treat you and not to focus on just the similarities of the visual similarities of race as opposed to being like hey if this person you know, me and this person get along. Why does it matter whether they're white or black? But in order to, you know, kind of destroy the system that's in place, you have to teach that the entire system is racist and that it can't be redeemed. Yeah, we went from, you know, see no color, treat everybody the same to, oh, you're not giving me special treatment because of my skin color. You're racist. So prior to this, I mean, we were just teaching our subjects. There was I mean, there's always been some type of indoctrination, you know, pre-COVID. Um, our education system is not the best in the world, as we all know, but we never focused on how to discriminate our classes, our lesson plans. I mean, now, now we're like forced to see color. Now we're forced to give special treatment to students based on skin color. I refuse to do that. I mean, I, I treat everybody the same. I mean, and that's really what we're supposed to be doing in education because while each student has different needs, the education system is not designed to go, hey, um, you are a certain race. So, you know, if you have an issue with a test, you know what? You don't have to do it. We're, that's a bad test. Right. So now we're going right. to change everything to make right. it every single thing to be culturally relevant, which yes. is an asinine overcorrection from, let's say, they weren't teaching enough about African-American history, weren't teaching enough about Asian-American history. It's that extreme overcorrection that is causing all these issues because it's not an appropriate response. Mm -hmm. We've lowered our standards to the point where you can skip 50% of the school year and still graduate. And then these kids' parents show up to graduation day saying, oh, y'all said my baby wouldn't make it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
I'm always that person to say, you know, we're failing you, right? You know, we, you know, we failed your child, right? Because we have not set him or her up for, for success. We have now engraved this idea in your child's brain that you can turn your homework assignments in eight months late and get full credit. You can show up 30 minutes late and not have any consequences. I mean, so we've lowered our standards to the point the kids know. The kids aren't stupid. The kids know and they play the system and you can't blame them. So I refuse to be part of that. And, you know, so if, if I don't speak up, this is only going to get worse. So we are where we are today with all this indoctrination, with all this foolery because of decades of us not speaking up. This isn't anything new. This didn't just start overnight. Yeah, I know. I work in special education in New York City and I've seen it firsthand oh. where I've had teachers just go, they've gone up to black students and they've been like, Oh, if you interact with a cop, he's only going to see you as a tall black man and people automatically going to be afraid of you. And the teacher will leave and I'll turn oh to the gosh. kid because right now I'm a paraprofessional, so I'm finishing up grad school. And I'll turn to him and I'll be like, you know what? I am terrified. I'm so terrified to be in this room with you. You're such a scary young black man. And they'll laugh because they know it's ridiculous. And they're yes. being told by educators. They're being told by, and again, I don't want to bring race into this, but they're being told by white educators who are right now probably making, you know, at least making six figures or close to that, depending on how many years they've been in there, that you cannot succeed, that America sees you as race, that America's racist, right. they see you as inferior. And I asked them, like, so when was the last time you experienced racism? And they're like, uh, I don't know. I, I can't even tell you. Because it's not their Bless actual experience. It's a lie ed. that's being told to them. Yeah. Bless your heart. That's awesome. Evan. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> nope. But when you tell kid, when you constantly tell children, especially when they're below the high school level, they're extremely impressionable. And as they get older and as they go through period, they become, you know, that's kind of when they're forming their belief system, like really trying to take, you know, form. You you're by telling them that the cards are stacked against them, that by no matter what they do, everyone the system is racist, everyone's a racist, and they're gonna push you down simply because of who you are. You're not teaching them to strive to be successful. You're teaching them to blame their failures on other people as opposed to going, hey, I can do this. If I fail, you know what? I messed up and I can try again and I can do something better. Mm -hmm. You're not creating successful people. You're creating professional victims who will not be successful because they're not going to believe that they can be. Exactly. And that's why during my speech, Evan, I when I was uh, addressing my part to the students, I said, it is up to you to be the next generation of victims or victors. Really, it's in your hands. Like, what are you going to do? You know, um, are you going to are you going to take all this in and victimize yourself and convince yourself that you can't amount to anything because of the color of your skin? Or are you going to be a victor? You're going to go out there. You're going to take all the opportunities and advantages that you have as an American in this country, and you're going to go work your, your, your behind off and you're going to be successful and no one's going to stop you. So, um, there was a father, there's a black father. I don't remember what school district I can't keep up because there's so much <laughs> like everywhere. My brain is like scattered now. But there was a black father that spoke out at a school board and he said, I have, you know, this many degrees, you know, I have, I'm, I'm a doctor. He said, no white person stopped me from being here, you know, being where I am today. So what are you teaching my kids? I mean, it's pure racism. It's absolutely ridiculous because we were taught growing up that we shouldn't judge all people based off the actions of a few. But now mm -hmm. you want to blame every single white person in America for the actions of less than 1% of the population during slavery. 
What and if we did it backwards? It, it'd be, there would be riots in the street. It's just absolutely insane. It shouldn't be done either way. And it's yeah. such a bad argument to make. And they're like, well, you know, you do have white privilege. I'm like, what privilege? I've worked since I was 16 years old. My entire yeah. family has worked basically their entire lives. We, no one has handed us anything. You know, it, it's about telling people that, listen, you're not all starting off at the same point and it's never going to be that way. You're never going to start at the same spot and you're never going to end at the same spot. But you determine how far you get in that race. No one else does. It's in your hands. And it's crucial that we give that message to the kids because, you know, they are the most vulnerable population and they're the future leaders of this country. So the sooner that we can get, you know, them to, un to, to understand cohesively that, no matter where you came from, no matter your parents, uh, 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 you know, your past, whether your parents were divorced or your father was alcoholic or your mom was, abusive, whatever the case may be, everything that you do is still in the power of your hands. So you can, you know, victimize yourself and say, oh, you know, let me cry in a corner because I wasn't raised to have, you know, all the nicest clothes in the world or all the nicest shoes in the world. Or, you know, it, it literally is up to you. You can either victimize yourself from all the things that you dealt with in the past, or you can take that and make, make yourself a stronger person. I have never in my personal life met somebody who was just so privileged. Everything was handed to them. Okay, maybe one or two people I've met like that, but they still work their behinds off. You know, they still work their behinds off and they earned it. They earned it. So um, the sooner that we can get involved and like try to change this back to normal, the better for our kids. Because if, if we lose this, if we just retreat and we let, you know, the tyrants take over our kids and our schools and everything, then the next few generations, I mean, we're screwed. They're going to be our future lawyers, our future school board members, law enforcement officers, um, mayors, judges, governors, lieutenant governors, vice president, president. Like it's just, it moves up the ladder. No, a hundred percent. And it's, it needs to be a meritocracy. Everything needs to be based on how good you are, because what we've done is we've, again, you said it before we dumbed down education. New York city is now boasting about how many, you know, people are graduating the graduation graduation rate, but none of these kids are prepared for college. Lies. So why does it matter if you're graduating high school, if you didn't learn anything, yep. giving someone a par participation diploma means absolutely nothing. It's the same thing where you want to make college free for everyone. Well, guess what? If you're going to, first off, you're going to make it free for everyone and let everyone go for free. It means absolutely nothing. It has no value to it. There has to be value in education. If we're not creating people who can think critically, then there is zero value in education. And things like critical race theory and garbage things like the 1619 Project, which have all been debunked, by the way. All these things have been shown that they're absolutely ridiculous and they're still being pushed in public schools. It's absolutely disgusting. We have to bring value back to education. My favorite quote and I said this on Sebastian Gorka's uh, radio, is when President Trump was uh, drafting the 1776 commission, it's like 41 pages long. It's amazing. If you don't have your hands on the 1776 commission, I recommend that you do. He said, Americans should be taught to take pride in our great country. And if you don't, there's nothing in it for you. Think about it. You somehow ended up in this country, whether you're a first gen, second gen, third gen, whatever, your family came here illegally, whatever the case may be, you are here. You're here for a reason. So take pride in it while you can, you know, uh, contribute something to this country, give back to this country, learn about the history, 
you know, and just appreciate the freedoms that you have while you have them and contribute something to this country. If you don't like this country, there's nothing in it for you. There really isn't anything in it for you. And I will tell you, I didn't always have the mindset that I have today. I, I didn't. Um, I took advantage of how amazing this country was. I used to think that seeing the American flag everywhere was cheesy. I used to think that people, you know, repping their American uh, apparel was cheesy or people saying America was annoying or just little things I, I would get triggered by. I'm like, okay, we get it. We get it. You live in America. Okay. And then I was like, wait a second, I do too, you know? And then the older I got, the more that I realized, you know, why we are the way we are and why we take pride in this country, it made sense to me. And now seeing how these things are being taken away from us an inch, an inch, an inch. And, and so I, it, it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that they took the perfect opportunity to come after our kids at the perfect time to make them revolt against this country when we need them the most. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting because what they do is they've tried to change history to make it where America is not this great experiment that is different from every other country in the entire world. It's that, oh, it's the same old racist nonsense that we had in Europe and it's it's just garbage and the whole system needs mm -hmm. to be overthrown. And that's just not true. And if you if anyone who has ever studied history in any depth sees how completely different America is and you see throughout history. When other systems has have failed, America has always been able to persevere mm -hmm. because people believed in the country. They believed in the values. And in order to take that down, they've done and they've tried to change history. They've been saying, no, the whole the whole country is based off of racism. Everything that all the ideals, you know, the founding fathers didn't want equality for everyone. They just didn't want to have to pay taxes to England. And it's just not true. You can make up whatever you want, but it doesn't make it true. And they've stated these things as facts and they say anyone who opposes them is racist and they've made it very dangerous for people to speak out against it. Mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis said um, in regards to CRT, he said it would teach children that the country is rotten and that our institutions are illegitimate. And that's true. So for those that are watching that have no idea what on earth critical race theory is, because you've been hearing it for such a long time, but a lot of people still don't know what it is or why we should be talking about it. So critical race theory, in essence, it teaches that the foundations of this country were racist. Our founding fathers were racist. The constitution is racist. Our institutions are racist. Um, and that racism is not just the product of prejudice, but it's like embedded in everything. It's embedded in American society. But now, fast forward, uh, which airline was it that they said they're going to hire 50% black pilots? So now we're going out of our way to not hire people based on merit, to hire people based on, okay, like I see your resume, you know, you have this much experience, you check off these boxes, these prerequisites. Now we're going out of our way to hire people based on their skin color. My dream job has been to teach in inner city schools like DC, Chicago. That has been my dream job. Maybe one day I'll still pursue it, but they're not gonna hire me because I'm white. So now they see you as, oh, you think, you think you're gonna solve our black issues. You don't, know what it's, you, you, you don't know what it's like to be black. You think you're a whitey savior. I've been called that before. I was called a whitey savior by black people, by black people. I said, I said why don't you come and join me on the front lines? Come and, come and help me out. If you don't think that I can teach these kids, if, if you think that I have 
no right, no place to be around black children because I'm not black, then come. No one's stopping you from applying. Come and do it yourself. So it's sad that, you know, there are so many people like me in the system that people don't know about. I think the majority of teachers are good teachers. The majority of teachers are just trying to do their job, trying to teach their topic, trying to teach their kids lifelong skills, get out and go home and be with their family. I think the majority of teachers are like that. But you don't hear about us. And so you get discouraged by seeing all the nonsense on the news and seeing this minority be so loud and 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 relentless. So why can't we be relentless if there's more of us than them? So I don't know, I hope the tides turn, but it won't unless we all do something. So what can we do? I wanna talk about that because yeah. I can sit here and say, go do something, but people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. So it's a three-step thing. These three steps have to do their individual part in order for anything to be done. So parents, teachers, and students. So everybody has a rule. What parents have to do is they have to keep their eyes and their ears open. They have to see what is being brought into their child's backpack. All the information you need is in your child's backpack and in their laptop. So when your child is home and they're doing their virtual learning or they're doing their, their classwork, just look, just look at what they're doing. You should be doing this anyways as a parent, right? Like Evan, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like our parents did that with us. Oh, all the time, all the time. I was constantly asked, oh, what do you have for homework? What is this? What is that? Every day, yeah. every day I was asked what I'm doing. Yeah, so naturally when, you, when you're watching your child do their work, now you're getting fed this information of, oh, okay, so this is what was assigned. This is on their syllabus. This is the quiz that they've got. This is a study guide that they have. And then you might catch on to some of the sketchy things that are being infiltrated into your child's brain. So that's the first step is to really just be a parent and keep your eyes and your ears open. Find the time throughout the day to sit with your kid and go through their assignments, go through their, look at what they're reading. You might be surprised at to, as to what books your child is being, uh, is bringing home from their school library. Number one book you should be worried about is Ibrahim Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist Baby, okay? You'll be surprised. Second thing that parents can do is form a coalition, form an alliance in your local area. I don't care how blue, I don't care how red your area is. Here, Fairfax slash Loudoun County, these are the richest counties in the country and they're blue. And we have been on national news for over a year because of hundreds of parents putting their foot down and saying, heck to the no, you're not gonna use my tax dollars to this. So I don't care how Democrat, liberal, I don't care. These are kids, shouldn't be political. Form an alliance, go speak at school boards, call your state senators, form that group so that there's more power in numbers. And then the third thing that parents can do is, I have three websites for them. There's three websites that I want you all to check out. I don't care if you don't even have kids, check them out. The first one is undoctrinate.org. Undoctrinate.org. There's a bunch of resources and organizations that are fighting against CRT. So you can find the ones that are closest to you and get involved. The second one is whatarethelearning.com. Whatarethelearning.com. This has an interactive map. You click on your state, you choose your school district, and it'll give you a list, a plethora of res or um, plethora of evidence of indoctrination in your school district, and you're also able to upload your own incidents from your school district as well. 
The third one I want to say is parentsagainstcrt.com. That's parentsagainstcrt.com. It's founded by a parent from here, Loudoun County. His name is Scott, and he's got a CRT glossary. What the CRT glossary is, it has a list of um, terminology that we use in our school curriculum to, um, you know, discuss racism. So all these words that we embed in our in our vocabulary that are now being embedded in your child's brain. So anyway, those are the three websites that I want them to check out um, if you're just getting new to this, so. No, it's very important that we all have to be involved in this. Again, even if you don't have kids, you should be opposing this because once again, these kids will grow up, they will become part of society and this is going to affect you whether or not you are going to have kids or do not have kids anyway. But this is the problem that we're having in the schools is that people are being taught these ridiculous ideologies that have no basis. In fact, they've been taught mm -hmm. that if it's not equal representation, then it's racism, which again is absolutely insane because that essentially is that the, the only way, first of all, the only way you get equal representation is if you literally have someone going, okay, we have a hundred people. The country is 60% white. Okay. We get, we get 60 white people. Then we need 60 black people. We need 13%, 13 black people, X amount of Asians, X amount of Hispanic people. And that's absolutely insane. That, that completely ignores free will and all these other things and the entire basis of American society. So these ideas are dangerous. It's not just them going racist, 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 racist. It's them trying to recreate society in a completely asinine fashion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, to go back to like the three points, so that's the thing that the parents should do uh, to get involved. What teachers can do is you have your four walls. This is your classroom, okay? You, if you don't agree with this, don't teach it. Those are your kids. That's your roster. Teach your subject. Those are your kids. And so you don't need to be teaching anything that you don't feel comfortable teaching. You don't work for the adults. You don't work for the school board. You don't work for the teachers unions. You work for the kids. So give them the education that they deserve. Number two, get out of the teachers unions. The reason why we are where we are the reason why kids are still not back in school in person is because of the teachers unions. So get out. <laughs> then the third, the third um, point is for students, right? So you are essentially dealing with this all day. The parents are in the background. The teachers are kind of, you know, in their tube. You are the one that's being spoon fed this information. I'm not saying necessarily be rude to your staff, be rude to your teachers, be confrontational. But if you hear something you don't agree with from your teacher, challenge them. This is your education. We're, we're here to teach you. We're here to work for you. So don't be rude. Don't be aggressive. But if you hear something from your teacher that you don't agree with, or you have some doubts about, challenge them. And the second thing that you can do as kids is go home and tell your parents every day what your school day was like, right? Like how is Evan supposed to know what happened in school that day or how to stand up for you if you don't go home and tell your father, your mother, your uncle, whoever, this is what happened at school. So three people, if if the three of us don't do our part, then the ship goes down. And it's extremely important to push back because we've seen we've seen this at the college level where people are afraid to fight back and afraid to speak up because what happens is you say something a professor doesn't agree with and you get a D in the class. Mm -hmm. And or they give you just a grade just low enough to ruin your average or mm -hmm. they kick you out of the class and it's created a, a culture of fear. And we have to be brave enough to stand up. And as a student, you have to be willing to go. This is ridiculous. And as a teacher, you have to go. Like you just said, you work for the kids. It's about accountability to the students. 
And it's a big reason why education system is failing is that they've made you accountable to the teachers union and to the city, as opposed right. to being accountable to the kids in your classroom. Your duty is to get that kid to become a critical thinker, to create, give him tools so he can function in society. It's not to create these just, just class of philosophers who are just going to question everything all the time. It's to get them to discern what is right, what is proper, what is actually going on so that they're able to function and be participants. If we're not willing to push back against things that are not doing that, they're just creating, like you said before, a generation of victims, it's going to, it literally will destroy the country because you will not have anyone who has that kind of drive to make anything better. Everything that we've done in this country for hundreds of years has been from people wanting to make things better from pushing, believing that they could succeed if they just fought hard enough, regardless of whether or not it was abolishing slavery or create, or, you know, creating the steel industry. All these things were done from people who believe they could succeed because if you believe you can succeed, you will fight. If you believe that you cannot succeed, then there is no drive. There is no ambition and you're just going to lay down and die. Yeah. It's our duty. It's our duty to raise our future leaders and, you know, indoctrination versus education. Indoctrination, you tell the kids how to think. Education, you tell the kids, think. <laughs> Just think. <laughs> so. I mean, they have to be able to discern these things for themselves. And it's what we try to instill in the kids in my school. Whenever I talk to them, I go, listen, I, you can ask me a question on a certain subject when we're just chatting during lunch. And I'm going to tell you, listen, this is what I've seen. This is my viewpoint. You know, go and research it. There are places you can go and you can find out more information. If you don't agree with it, try to disprove it. If you do agree with it, confirm it. You have to be sure in your ideals because just being told something is true doesn't make it true. And we've mm -hmm. become that society where a meme on Instagram is truth or it's not true based on whether or not there's a fact check underneath it. And we haven't done anything. People, when you have the technology that we have, I can literally research anything on my phone in an instant, but I'm too lazy to go, oh, I see this Instagram meme must be true. I could just go yes. to Google and start researching it for in two seconds, but we've become yes. lazy. Yeah. The other side to that is that the kids depend on it for everything. I had a high schooler. I don't remember if he was a sophomore or a junior. He didn't know how many pennies were in a dollar. So how do we get to that point? We were working on an assignment. You have $500. You are opening up a bank account. And you're splitting the $500 evenly between your checkings and your savings account. So I was, you know, just following them along, making sure that they're, they're with me. So I said, okay, so how much money do you, do you put in each account? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, you have $500 and you're just splitting it, you know, in two. That, that's essentially all you're doing. What's 500 divided by two? He goes, I don't know. I said, okay, what's 50 divided by two, right? Because you can just take away the zero and figure it out if you don't, okay. 50, 50 divided by two. He, re he reaches for his phone. I said, oh, heck no. I took his phone. I said, you're not using your phone. You know the answer. You're going to figure it out without a calculator. He goes, I don't know. He goes, 20? I said, no, because 20 times 2 is 40. He goes, 30? I said, no, 30 times 2 is 60. So what's between 30 and 20? He couldn't get it. So, I, so we went from 500 to 50. Now I went to 5. I said, what's half of 5? He goes, two. I said, it can't be two. Three. I said, it can't be three. What's in between two and three? Doesn't know. Okay. Now I take him back to one. I said, how many pennies are in a dollar? We went from $500, split it into two, to how many pennies are in a dollar? I said, how many pennies are in a dollar? You could see that he was getting flustered 
and overwhelmed. And it looked like he was about to cry. And the reason that was is because he realized for the first time in his life that not only was he being challenged, but that he realizes just how much he depends on a calculator to give him the simplest answers, his simplest equations. And he couldn't, I wouldn't let him do it. I said, how many pennies are in dollar? He goes, I don't know, 60 something. I said, 60 what? Give me a definitive answer, 60 what? Yeah, just and give me an answer. Even if it's wrong, just give me an answer. I don't remember. I think he said 65 or 66 or something like that. I said, I am not letting you leave my classroom until you know that there are 100 pennies in a dollar. Okay? You are not leaving this classroom. The next time somebody asks you what you want to be when you grow up, I don't want to hear you say you want to be rich because you don't know how many pennies are in a dollar. Okay? So sit here now with that knowledge that you have. Tell me what's half of five. Tell me what's half of 50. Tell me what's half of 500. Go. No calculator. But instead, we're teaching them how to, you know, hate this country. Like, how is that supposed to help? It, it doesn't help at all. And it's, and I think it's a Thomas Sowell quote. I don't have the exact quote. But it wasn't that it wasn't that Johnny doesn't know what to think. It's that Johnny doesn't understand how to think. Because they've so, been conflating thinking and facts with feelings. So it's not how you feel. If I asked you how many pennies you feel are in a dollar, you can say whatever you want. It's a feeling. It's subjective versus objective. And I had to teach the kids in my classes. I go, we're gonna, I mean, you're going to learn subjective versus objective. And subjective is how you feel, and that's valid for certain things. And objective is something that is observable. It is a fact. It is an actual fact that it cannot be disputed. And you're going to learn the difference. Because when we have a discussion, no matter what the subject is, it could be your favorite, the best video game system. It could be whether or not, you know, President Trump had the right to nominate somebody for the Supreme Court in an election year. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to understand whether or not your argument is subjective or objective. And the problem that we have in this country right now is that we have a bunch of people pushing subjective ideologies that are not based in any type of reality. It's all subjective. It's all based on the perspective and there is no objectivity to back it up. And the reason why they ban people and the reason why they push people and the reason why they try to cancel anyone who speaks out against things like critical race theory, which again is hogwash, it's subjective hogwash, is that when you have a subjective argument on something on that level, you cannot beat an objective argument because the objective argument is the fact. It is what is going on. It is what Mm -hmm. history was. It is what should be taught so in like order that. to win that subject with that subjective argument you have to cancel the person making the objective arguments the same reason why they use the term racist on anyone who makes an objective argument on anything because now now i've canceled your argument it doesn't matter that you're actually speaking a fact or the truth it's you're a racist so it doesn't matter and they're trying yeah. to do the same thing with crt it's no everything was racist if it's objective it was racist so what we are pushing our subjective feelings and our subjective subjective truth which again is i hate i hate that term more than anything in the entire world my truth it's subjective it's your feelings it's not truth it's your perspective stop putting yeah. the word behind it it's that's how they do it and it's the only way that they can win and we've been letting them get away from it which is why it's so important to highlight people like you who are pushing back against this nonsense because we need people to realize hey you can feel how you want about something but you also need to understand what the reality is mm. Yeah. And I don't know how it is. Well, New York City Department of Ed is, oh my gosh, I don't want to speak for you. But what they do in order for us to really indoctrinate the kids is they indoctrinate us first, right? Like through professional development and everything. They oh, come, the they, they, it comes to us first. I don't know if you follow um, 
Rufo on Twitter, but this Christopher Rufo, I mean, he has like like days, years worth of worth of evidence of how they're indoctrinating teachers, how they're indoctrinating students and things like that. There was an incident in Wake County Public Schools in North Carolina. There was a teacher's conference with lessons on whiteness, toxic masculinity, microaggressions, trauma-informed yoga, that's a first, and applied critical race theory. So what does this do? Well, this gets you know the teachers to blame themselves for being white. This gets the teachers to hate themselves for being white, to get us to see color before we take all this information and, and you know, translate it into our classroom. So it's not like, again, the majority of teachers, I think are just good teachers, but a lot of them are buying into this stuff because they're afraid of retaliation. They're, you know, oh, I have so many more years left until retirement. And I'm like, what about these kids? What about, we're, so you retreat, you are, you are in part now um, responsible for this kid's uh, destruction because us retreating, us letting them take an inch from us is allowing the system to take your child away fully. So yeah, this Christopher Rufo has so much evidence of the indoctrination. I can't even keep up with it, but that's just one example in one school district in one state of the country. So I actually almost got thrown out of a professional development uh, seminar when Goals. we did uh, implicit bias. So it started off, it was actually, there was two, two slight incidents. And so the guy, who started was like, oh, I want you guys to know, I don't think, you know, we don't believe anyone is racist, but you have bias whether or not you realize it. And I go, he's like, you have preferences with students. I go, I raise my hand. I go, um, I don't it's like, no, no, you do even. I'm like, no, I, I don't because I was raised to, if you're going to be a teacher, you need to treat each student how they need to be treated. If a certain one student needs extra help, they get extra help. It, I wasn't trained to go, oh, it's a black student. I should, you know, be like, oh, he doesn't, he definitely doesn't have anyone at home. Then I should give him extra help or not give him homework. I wasn't taught mm -hmm. that way. No one was taught that way. We were taught each person is their own individual person and has their own individual needs. It's like, mm -hmm. well, you, boom, but then that's still bias. I'm like, that's not bias. That's the opposite of bias. Yeah. And then we had, a, we broke out into groups and they were, you know, getting on us about, you know, traditional gender roles don't exist. And to tell a little boy to be a man is, you know, is pushing more bias. And I'm yeah. like, and I went to one of the guys who was in my group who I actually work with. And I'm like, I'm like, you have a son. If your son fell and scratched his knee. You know, you help him up. You pat him on the back. And, and if he keeps crying for like an hour, you're not gonna be like, dude, listen, be a man. Like, come on. And he man up or whatever. And he's like, no, I wouldn't say that. I'm like, feel bad for your son. Because. When I fell down, I was told, okay, oh, it's not that bad. Okay, you know, let's get over it. Time to get over yeah. it. You're good. Yeah. Get up. You know, toughen up. Be a man up. Yeah. And it's it's a degradation. It's the degra degradation. Whatever it is. The dis they're trying to dissolve Western civilization. That's what it is. They're trying to push whatever this new globalist nonsense is. And they start small. And this is what they're doing. They start at that level. If you get to the teachers, like you just said, then you get to the students. If you get to the mm -hmm. students, guess what? They grow up, like you said, they become the teachers, the lawyers, yep. the Congress people. And then you've infiltrated society and you've taken over the United States without firing a single shot because you've exactly. taken over the minds of the people. Everyone's like, where did Cuomo come from? Where do these people come from? Why, why are they? And I'm like, well, guess where it starts? It starts at home and then carries into the school. So, yeah, your kids are the most important thing. And I will tell you, whether you have kids of your own, like I don't have kids of my own. I don't. But these kids are my kids. 
And I've met so many homeschooling parents who are like, oh yeah, my kids have been homeschooled their entire lives, or I pulled them out two years ago, or they're in a private school and they are engaged in the public school system. They have formed an alliance. They're going door knocking for hours, alerting parents on what their school boards are passing. These are the policies. You should come out and you should speak out. These are the things that they're trying to influence. So, you know, even homeschooler parents are like, hey, you know, I my kids aren't in the public school system. I don't have to worry about this necessarily happening to my kids because I have full control of their education. However, this is the future of this generation. This is the future of my, you know, my child's generation. So absolutely I'm gonna get involved and absolutely I'm gonna go out of my way to educate the misinformed because the 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 the, the reality is a lot of people just don't know. A lot of people just don't know what any of this is and, and that it's happening in, in their school's district. They just assume, you know what, I'm paying my taxes. I vote once every four years. I do the bare minimum and that's it. So it ain't, that's not, that's not the case. <laughs> no. And you've outlined it very, very well for people in this episode on what they can do to get involved. And I think we're going to wrap it up here. I just want you to let the people give a, let the people at home know where if they want to follow you, where they can find you on social media and just remind people of those three websites that they can go to to get involved or get informed. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram. It's teachers underscore four underscore Trump. Um, I will probably change that name sometime. And then the three websites that they want to take a look at. The first one is undoctrinate.org. Second one is whatarethelearning.com. Third one is parentsagainstcrt.com. Now, when you find me on Instagram, Teachers for Trump, if you have evidence of indoctrination or if you, you know, you've seen something, you want me to put the word out there, you know, you're always going to be anonymous. So I have the platform to, you know, spread the wealth of knowledge out there. So if there's something you want me to share anonymously, always anonymously, let me know and I'll do it for you. All right, guys, make sure you check out that. And I will put the links to those sites in the description of this episode. Lilith, I want to thank you so much again for coming on. I just want to remind thank the folks you. at home to please visit EmpireStateConservatives.com and also RedLibertyMedia.com where you can support my work, the work of Gabe, Lewis Brackpool, everyone else who's involved in Red Liberty Media. We are all fighting back against this leftist nonsense that is going on in this country. So if you love America, make sure you go visit the sites that Lilith asked you to and make sure you support Red Liberty Media and Empire State Conservatives podcast. So for that, everybody, stay safe and don't let fear take your freedom.